Hello and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number 118. I'm Jeremy Nose. Of course, I'm joined with my co-host Jim Casali of Gathering Magic and CoolStuffInc.com. Ed wouldn't can't be here with us this week. He is currently in Nagoya for the GP that starts tomorrow. We may have a special guest drop by from Brainstorm Brewery, however, later in this episode, it remains to be seen if he can spare his precious time to make it onto the cast. How you doing, Jim? Uh, I'm okay. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well, and I'm doing even better knowing that this cast, of course, is sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com with free shipping on orders of $100 or more and a sweet 25% buy list bonus. CoolStuffInc.com is a store for all of your Magic the Gathering needs. You should become a professional shill. You <laughs> segment so well into that uh, sponsorship thing. That's uh, That's how we do it here on Cartel, everyone. Uh, Jim, anything fun going on with you? Any recent products arriving in the mail that you want to talk about? Oh, man, it's like I told you about this before the cast, but yeah. uh, my Guilds of Ravnica Mythic Editions arrived, and the boxes are, like, kind of ugly. Like, they're cardboard boxes that are not even the same size as a regular rooster box. And the inside is there's, like, pl a plastic-wrapped... It, it kind of looks like a fat pack box inside. And I'm a little disappointed because the uh, the boxes for the SDCC promos are like way cooler. So I was expecting for twice as much money, I'd get a much nicer box or at least the same quality box. But that was not the case. Yeah, it's been really interesting to track exactly where these prices are going to end up. Um, I know that we've been seeing prices as high as $550 closing on eBay, which is insane. Uh, if you bought like the maximum of two boxes, you basically got a box for free. Um, so expect more and more people to take advantage of free money, especially the MTG finance people that were essentially interested in this product anyway. Uh, a lot of people will not turn down the opportunity to double up. So we should see the price come down in the short term. I honestly don't know how I feel about this product in the long term. I know Jim got a couple boxes, but uh, I didn't get any. I just feel like there's better places to put my money. And I didn't want to get burned because we didn't know how large this print run is. Um, however, it appears to have been smaller than a lot of people were expecting. And of course, we've seen the prices sort of adjust to that level. Um, I just don't know if your return, uh, if you hold on to it versus flipping it right away, will be worth it as much as the quote unquote free money that's there right now. Um, and are you planning on selling any of these, Jim? I actually haven't decided yet. Uh, I purchased two initially, not because like my 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 initial thing wasn't just like oh, I'm going to buy two because that's the maximum that I could buy, and I could sell them for more money than I paid for them. Now, I bought two because one of my friends also wanted one, and we weren't sure if we were going to even be able to purchase any of them. So we both bought. We both went in with the idea of purchasing two, and then if one of us doesn't get it, the other one can get you know one of the two copies that we that we purchased. Uh, fortunately, my friend was able to. Uh, get his uh, his own copy. So now I kind of have an extra one that I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with. Um, I was going to wait and see like what the what the prices of excuse me the planeswalkers end up being because basically they cost like thirty dollars to buy them this way. I'm looking right now. The Guilds of Ravnica uh, Mythic Edition Nickel Bolas is eighty. And I assume most of the other ones are, are similarly priced. Uh, this is on TCG Player. Um, 
So I might sell some of them. I might keep them. I might just keep it sealed and like use it for a cool draft thing later. Yeah, the Liliana is 145. So it, it's it depends on like which planeswalkers end up being uh, the most expensive. I think that Duretti is probably the least expensive, and that one's still thirty five dollars. So yeah, that one should cost stacks of money because it's such a fun commander. But, no, uh, that's not that one. It's not Duretti. It's oh. not the one red Duretti. It's the black. It's the Rakdos one. Duretti oh. Ingenious Icon class. Th- this is how much I care about that product. I thought it was the red one, and I was like, "Oh, that actually seems like a good target." Yeah, no, it's not Duretti's Scrap Savant because that would make too much sense because yeah. they 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 could have printed uh, Nels- Elspeth Sun's Champion and El- and Duretti. Uh, Scrap Savant, but they picked the wrong ones for both of those, which makes me sad. Um, I might actually bust it and then just keep the Planeswalkers that I know I'm going to want. Like, the Teferi, I don't own any previous to now, so, like, the Teferi that's in this box is going to be the first one that I own. Um, I don't play Standard, so I don't really have a need to purchase stuff like that so early, so uh, it's kind of cool that there's one in there. Uh, this one's also quite expensive. It's $160 for the Teferi. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm not sure. I'll probably keep the Rowl, and I'll probably keep the Liliana. That one's actually better in Commander than a lot of people give it credit for. And it's quite expensive, so I don't really want to have to repurchase it. But I- I'm honestly, I'm not sure. I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it. If a local person asks me for it, I'll probably just sell the extra one to them. But... I'm not like going out of my way to get rid of it at the moment. I have too much other stuff going on. My wedding is in two or three Fridays from now, so I have a lot of other things I have to worry about. Wait, one, two, yeah, 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 yeah. 27th, 26th. Yeah, man, you're going to FNM in Orlando. <laughs> okay, cool. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't in the wrong country. That would have been bad. That would have been bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the 26th, so. The, the ultimate excuse. Um. I really wish that Wizards had put Elspeth Sun's Champion in this. Um, I think the only reason why they put the other Elspeth that's been printed three times now, it was Alara, Modern Masters, and the uh, Modern Event decks, and this is the fourth printing now. Um, I think that because of the way it makes tokens, um, it that's the one where it makes soldier tokens, right? And then you can give it plus three, plus three, and flying. I'm sorry, which, which Elspeth are you talking about? The one that's in the box? Correct. The one that's in the box is makes one one token for plus one, and then plus one is also like plus three, plus three in flying. Yeah, and, then and the there's soldier tokens, it, right? Yeah, and then the last thing I think makes your your, your permanent indestructible or something like that. I don't I don't play that one very often, so I am not as intimately familiar with it uh, with what it does. Yeah, they really should have put Gideon, ally of Zendikar in this for its token-making abilities because that way players would have had a good night. But um, it's sad, it's sad that they put the wrong uh, really, format of Planeswalker. Really? 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 <laughs> come on. <laughs> what you should have said is they should have put Elspeth Sun Champion in it because it's a better Planeswalker. Like, it has more appeal. I don't know who enjoys playing Elspeth Knight Errant. Nobody plays it in Modern. Nobody plays it in Legacy. It's not very good in Commander. Still good least. in Cube. Is it, is it good in Cube or is it still not? Still good in Cube. Okay, but like you had two different arts to choose from already for that card. 
I don't know. And the fact that it's from there, like she was on Theros in that picture, really pious me that they didn't use the uh, use that for Sun's Champion. Actually, there's four printings of Elspeth Knight Errant. It was also in the modern master, the modern event deck they did once. That's what I said. I said four printings. Oh, I thought you said three. My bad. Uh, this is the fourth printing. No, no, there's there's four previous to this one. Alara, Modern Masters, and the Modern Deck. And the Elspeth versus Tezra dual deck. Oh, right, right, right. I that's did the, forget that's, about that. That's the different art one that okay. done. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting topic to see what exactly is going to happen with the uh, the not-so-shiny Masterpiece boxes that contain very shiny Planeswalkers. Yeah, I'm like the more I'm looking at the prices of like the individual cards, like it's kind of insane buying singles from this because there are so many of them that are worth like almost half of the MSRP of the box itself. So if you're interested in getting like one or two of these for your personal collection, I don't suggest buying them now because I don't think that they'll get much more expensive, but they could probably get much cheaper once people start getting them in. Like right now, I, I'm like one of the first people that probably got my copies, so there's not going to be avail a lot of them available online to order. Yep. And then, of course, moving on, just to touch on it briefly, I had my Legacy 40 Duels for Charity. Uh, it was a packed house, and Ed was there, and a lot of people were asking him when he was going to shave his head. Uh, we have a lot of cartel listeners that drove in. Um, there was... A couple that flew in from California and Massachusetts, which were cool to talk with. We had Rhystic Studies there, otherwise known as the Magic Man Sam. Uh, Cube Draft a lot. He played Legacy and now he's looking at it. So not that it has any financial relevance, but if he gets into Legacy, that would be dope. Um, but I do want to talk about something because uh, we had a fairly aggressive buy list this weekend. Uh, we were paying like $6,000 on Lotus, $2,000 on Mox Pearl, 16 on History Banalia, 13 on the new Aurelia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, Monday, two days ago, something weird happened, Jim. Uh, one of the big, the biggest Magic the Gathering shop in the world reduced its uh, buy prices between like 30 and 50%, mainly 50% on almost everything in shop on what they were paying cash. Um, we had already previously seen a reduction in their buy prices uh, last year when they said for Black Friday they would be cutting back what they were paying on cash and offering 50% bonus in trades. Um, they kept then putting out statements on quite speculation as well as Reddit saying that they would get rid of it at the end of the year and then they would get rid of it later in the year. And it's just sort of been that way for a while. But now we see Star City Games reducing their buy prices again. Um, when they weren't even the most competitive buy prices out there on everything, following their reduction on buy prices already. And if you go back a month, ABU Games reduced its buy prices on everything old school uh, because they were just spending too much money buying old school cards versus what they were selling. And they had to take a lot of their shop inventory and put it on eBay to recoup some of the money they had just spent buying all these old school cards at the, um, at the height of their prices and not the highest part of their demand. Um, and to follow this, we're also seeing Card Kingdom reduce buy prices on things like Ancestral Recall and Underground Sea. Uh, so what do you think with ABU and Card Kingdom specifically reducing old school card buy prices versus Star City Games 
reducing their entire buy list by a significant margin on Monday. Do you think that this is shops are running out of money because there's too many Magic players selling out right now? Or do you think it's we're just starting to see the cycle again where Thoughtseize falls to very low over the winter and you can scoop up staples and not necessarily be guaranteed, but not not lose money most likely uh, next year? Well, I think there's like a multifaceted thing here. So old school cards are incredibly rare. So you have to pay a large premium on them to get them into your store. But the demand for them is also pretty low. There's not a lot of players that are just going to go every day and, and buy old school cards, uh, partially because they're very expensive and partially because the format that people play them in is not particularly popular. Uh, not saying that it's like, unpopular and dying, but like compared to being the amount of people that play standard or modern, there are significantly less people that play old school. There are not as many events. There are no Grand Prix. There are, there's one large event, I think a year, the, the eternal weekend. So the amount of people that play this are much smaller. You can't really, if you're, if you're buying three Juzam gins a week and you're only selling two, that's a significant amount of money that you're tying up every week in cards that are not moving as quickly. Whereas if you spend, I don't know how much they cost. Do you know how much they are right now? Which card? Juzams. 1300 for played, 1500 for near mint. Uh, okay. MKM has a different spread on them, but we don't necessarily need to get into that. Okay. But like, if you, if you just take that one card, if you, if you take one Juzam and instead of having that, you have, uh, how much is Noble Hierarch? Like a hundred bucks? Uh, Noble Hierarch 60, 65 TCG low, I believe, and TCG mid should be around 75 to 80. Okay, so assuming it's $80, you can buy 20 Noble Hierarchs for the same amount of money that you're paying for one Juice Engine, and you're almost 100% guaranteed to sell out of those Noble Hierarchs. That's only five play sets, that's not very much. If you make, you know, you know, if, if you're trying to cycle through cards, like stores are in the business of selling cards, right? Like they only buy them so that they can sell them. They don't buy them to hold them. It doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me that they're not paying as much money on cards that don't move as well. When I think a lot of people might be getting more into standard than they were previously, because a bunch of sets that people didn't like rotated out, and a set that people seem to enjoy a lot is coming, you know, to be part of standard right now i think that it's not so much that the buy prices are dropping because you know it's the end of the year but also because standards are getting a lot better and they want to have more of that in their inventory you can sell you know 100 copies of risk factor or you can sell one copy of juzam gin which one would you rather have all your money in one of them is much safer long term but one of them is much more lucrative in the short term and I think that those stores may be looking to do that. And that's that's part of the reason why they might be selling, you know, lowering their buy prices on things that they just don't sell very much of. Um, I think maybe there's just not the demand for it, the cards at the prices that they had them previously selling for. Like, there's only so many people that will pay $1,500 for a Juice Amgen. There might be slightly more at $1,300 or $1,200 or 1000 but... You have the, the the price has to slowly drop from there, but it doesn't drop. Like you can't you can't just keep buying them 
for the old buy price if you're expecting the cards to go down. So yeah, this doesn't the, surprise me. One of the bigger draws of having uh, high-end cards in your case, especially at Grand Prix as a vendor, is if you, you have it at like where you're going to make like 10%, 15%, um, if someone comes up and pays cash, and you generally don't have that many whales, uh, we, we, well, so some of the cartel fans have actually like said, hey, can I go grab a Lotus at a GP? And I've like walked them around to like go get a Lotus. They've literally just pulled out a stack of $100 bills and bought a Lotus. But the money for a lot of vendors carrying this high, high end stuff is when people trade in. Because in order to get that same Juzam gin that they bought for, say, $1,000 and they have for $1,300, someone will give you upwards of $1,700 to $1,800 in value for that $1,300 card. And that's where your money is made because all those cards they're trading in are things that are easier to sell. Um, but you're correct in that sh- shops don't want to put out that much money uh, for those well, cards. As like a counter to that, though, doesn't ABU and Cartoon not go to Grand Prix? So this this wouldn't benefit them at all? Not any. Uh, I don't know if AB. I don't know if Card Kingdom's ever done a Grand Prix. I, right. That's, yeah, that's what I've I'm been, saying. I've I don't. I don't a, think either of them do Grand Prix. I feel like ABU might have done one in the past, but I don't remember when. It's so weird now that I think about it that Card Kingdom hasn't done a GP at Seattle, but I guess they don't really need to. Um, yeah, so. I, I'm not like either way. I don't. I don't know their their story about why they do or don't do Grand Prix, but I think that the for 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 stores that do do grand prix like having one of something in a case is worth having but you definitely can't pay as much on the second one right you don't want to have six lotuses in your case because that's just a ton of money that you have tied up in stuff that you might only sell one that weekend and maybe not even so right and it, I, it it's really the mid-level vendors that are getting hurt right now i was talking to some vendors going to gp denver and they're like Hey, we have no cash. We have they're they're like we're bringing a million dollars in magic cards, but we have no cash for buys this weekend. And like that's an interesting dilemma to be in. Like another vendor like messaged me is like, "Hey, do you want to buy a Rolex this weekend?" But you have to bring cash, and I was like, "No." It was like half off, but like I'm not spending, you know. Anyway, it's just interesting to see like how many cards a lot of these people have been stuck with holding the bag for the last couple months. And like not managing or not selling enough at whatever number to like get their investment back. I mean, yeah, some of it is like it's coming to the end of the year. People don't play as much magic, especially when we get into Thanksgiving and into all of December. People play a lot less magic because students go home to visit their parents. They, you know, the holidays are going on. They just don't have as much time to go sit at your local game store. Um, so that doesn't that that always happens, you know. Christmas Day, I think, is the historical low point for basically every card, because that's the that's the last day that people are conserving their money and and worrying about the holidays. And like the day after is the day where everyone who's got money for Christmas starts spending it. So, excuse me, uh, just as a, like a a rule of thumb. Cards will continue to decrease in price until December. And unless you really, really, really need money for some reason, selling anything at this point is kind of pointless. Unless it's it like is, super, overpower, super overpriced from like Guilds of Ravnica. It is such a bad idea. Guy's Cradle and Mox Diamond specifically are two reserveless cards that certain vendors have accumulated like out the wazoo. 
when uh, when Ed and I were at Chiba, like Haruya had like a hundred plus copies of Mox Diamond that like they were desperately trying to offload by like doing the whole uh, you buy a mystery pack, but like twenty percent of these are Mox Diamonds and like stuff like that. And Gaius Cradle is a casual card in the first place that isn't necessarily as competitive. So you're starting to see like Cradle fall back to where it was before, where you you remember when Cradle was like two hundred and something dollars, Jim. And then it spiked like one weekend up to 300 plus. We're starting to see a natural reduction in that card price specifically as it trends back towards a much more stable price. So like if you are specifically trying to sell those two cards, like BioS have dropped more than a lot of other reserveless cards uh, just because there's certain vendors that just have a bunch of them and they're just trying to get rid of them. Um, Lion's Eye Diamond as well. Uh, I mean, we had BIOS at, at Channel... F I was looking at this yesterday. Like, Channel Fireball's BIOS went from, like, 160, 170 to, like, I think 120 now on Lion's Eye Diamond just because people are anticipating a lot of people liquidating reserveless stuff as we get towards the end of the year. Well, there's there's not just that, though. There's some other factors. Like, we got the Grand Prix schedule. We got the Grand Prix formats for the first half of the year. There's not as many legacy events as there were this year. We didn't I, get it for next year. They're announcing it a couple months ahead of time. It's each quarter is when they announce the formats. Right. Then we get the first, sorry, the first quarter. Yes. Formats. We don't know the second quarter until the beginning of next year for two more months. Right. So part of what I was trying to get at is like this year had an it, it, um, abnormally large number of legacy events because of all of the team events and the legacy pro tour. Like this was the year for legacy to really get played a ton and and as a result you know push all these car prices up next year i don't think there's going to be nearly as many of, of you know legacy events premier level legacy events that will keep people interested like i don't i don't foresee a team pro tour next year maybe maybe like the last one of the year is, is all i can think of but like I would be i would be very surprised if there was more than one legacy grand prix i'd be surprised if there was more than one if there was even one um, team constructed Grand Prix, like I feel like they're more likely to do like team modern, like Star City is doing. So Star City stepped up legacy for next year. Did they? Was yeah. it like plus one event though? Right? Like wasn't that's it? a that's a lot for legacy because they a lot of legacy players plan their entire year around what they're going to do next year. Because uh, there's normally two Legacy Grand Prix a year, and Legacy players go, okay, I'm taking off work and I'm going to those. Mm -hmm. And now you're starting to see a shift where they're like, well, I, I don't have, I can't get off work three months in, ahead of time. So I'm just going to go do Star City events instead. And Star City was like, all right, here's our schedule for the year, and we're going to add more Legacy in. We're going to well, do more. They only, did it, they only did it for half the year. I know Star City for sure only put half the year. Right. But sorry to clarify, that's way more knowing eight months out right now about a June legacy event, then still not knowing when a legacy event is, if, if legacy is in Seattle this year for the grand prix or not. Right. Right. No, I agree. I, I, based on the locations, I assume that one legacy blue grand prix will be in Europe or Asia. And then the other one will be in Vegas. That, that would be my, my gut. But my guess is legacy will be in Seattle again, because that's one of the bigger like four day events next year for magic fest. Which I really hope that they don't can I hope they don't have that IP and that that one magic place that was like, yo, that's our IP. I really hope that well, they they're have in, to they're, I think they were in like Edinburgh, UK. Yeah. 
And I, I'm pretty sure that doesn't matter. Like, I'm pretty sure they didn't copyright the name in or trademark the name or whatever the legal application is that you have to have in the United States for their event. So right. we'll that see. would surprise me. I they hope did. they call it something else. Like, I don't think that it's a good name, but I know what they were trying to do, and I'm not sure that there's a better name. So I'm not completely upset with it, but I, I, I understand why people are not happy. All right, but you want to know what will make you happy, Jim? Uh, you're finishing my dinner. Well, no. Telling someone who won this week's credit. Okay. Coolstuffinc.com. Man, you almost messed it up. We've been doing it on, on Cool Stuff for now for like two months. And you're just like on autopilot and the words just come out of your mouth. And you're like, uh-oh, wrong website. So uh, this week's winner is Brian White. And I think he's going to he asks a question that uh, a lot of people are asking uh, because even my like local commander group has asked me this question. He says, I'm looking to get my play set of Shocklands. When is the best time to buy? Now, a couple of months from now, at rotation, I don't mind waiting to get the lowest price. So, uh, right now, there's there's kind of like three price point, three points where you can get cards at their cheapest. Like three times where I would recommend purchasing things. Uh, it is the weekend of release. Uh, if if the card is not very popular. Uh, because the price will tank on TCG Player that weekend when people are like, you know, opening their booster boxes or drafting an FNM or whatever, and just listing everything online, and that causes the the price to drop pretty quickly. Um, most in, most importantly and most effectively, this happens during like a master set release when you're opening a, like people are opening a lot of packs and need to sell the cards to make their money back unless they get the things that they want. Um, doesn't happen as much with standard cards, so it doesn't apply, I don't think, here very very much. Um, your second time to buy is in December. Christmas Day is literally, if you go look at pretty much every price graph of every card, Christmas Day is usually the lowest price point of the year without like anything like weird happening. And then your third time is... Um, actually not at rotation anymore because cards basically have bottomed out by then it's start looking at them three months away from rotation see see where they are in standard and see where they're dropping towards because there are a lot of cards that get played in modern and standard that start out very expensive but get very inexpensive as they get close to rotation and people like think they're oh they're not as useful anymore so like cards like fatal push are probably going to go up from here, even though they've rotated. Um, that's your that's like your last place to look. So, really, it depends on when you want to wait or how long you want to wait. Shocklands right now in this set are not very expensive. I think they're between five and eight dollars each, and I can't really recommend them. Like, I can't really say that they're going to get much lower than that. I think that it's unrealistic to say that like Shocklands will fall under five dollars. And I think that it's more likely that the popular ones will go over $10. But at this point, like, I don't think that there's that much of a price difference if you wait or if you buy now. If you're impatient, just get them now. It's really, like you really don't spend that much more money. If you're buying Sacred Foundry or Overgrown Tomb for $6 and then like it goes down to 4 
you're saving eight dollars on a playset if you wait three months or four months or six months or twelve months or whatever. Like that's probably not worth your time. If you're gonna play with them, just buy them now. They're very they're very inexpensive. And I don't think that waiting is necessarily the play. There are other cards that I would recommend waiting on, like Assassin's Trophy and cards that are ten dollars or more can fall to five, but cards that are five to eight are not likely to fall to like two. I hate this question. This is like the most uh, asked question on literally everywhere for the last like month. So what is your answer then? You must have rehearsed it already. My answer is just buy it and like don't care that you're paying $20 more for a set of shocks because you're like if you're waiting to play with them and this guy's asking about rotation, which is two years away, just pay the extra whatever and don't think about it again. Like I, 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 or something. Yeah, I was gonna say like it, it's kind of what I'm saying. It's just like they're so cheap, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Like they're not gonna get very much cheaper. They they could get much more expensive, but at this point, I don't think that they're overpriced at this current price point. Um, there was a time where like Ravnica shocklands were like thirty or forty dollars when modern was a thing, and like compared to that. Especially with the fact that we don't have thousand dollars standard decks anymore, just bite the bolt and buy them. Yeah, before Return to Ravnica, I think that like the the, the dissension or the guilt pack ones were like fifty dollars each if they were popular. Kind of like where like Celestial Colonnade is right now and and uh, Black Cleave Cliffs. But at this point, like you're asking me, when should you buy eight dollar cards and? There's really not like it's not going to get so much cheaper that I think you should worry about it. I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. It may go down to five, but like, is it worth saving three dollars and waiting two years? Probably not. And like, if you value your time, that you know, it's like one of those things, right? It's like, how much do you value your money? Like, do you really want to wait two years to save three dollars? Are you trying to make money or are you trying to play with them? Because if you're trying to play with them, like, saving three dollars per shock land is probably not worth the trade off of not having shocks until 2020. I agree with you wholeheartedly here. That's why I have even purchased my foil ones now because they're sub $20 and yeah, that's just a good price. Gate Crash foil shocks were like, I collected a bunch of them because I thought they would go up from like 20. They're like 20s, like 15 to 20s. Breeding pool is specifically like 15 and then went up to 25 and then it just died. Um, it's one of those things where like, if you want to foil them, like why not? Because they're not really going to fluctuate. It's like a bond. Like you may get a small percentage return, but don't expect to like double up like you could before. So, yeah, I I agree. Like these are cards that are always going to be like I don't think they'll ever print lands that are better than these, right? Like assuming that they never break the reserve list, these are the best lands that they can ever print, other than fetch lands. Yep, just you're correct. Them. Just right. buy them and don't worry about it. So, where can people ask questions for next week, Jim? Don't sound too excited about it, Jeremy. Uh, Brandon, you can send me an email at cartelaristocrats at gmail.com, and I will send you your $25 gift certificate for coolstuffinc.com. If you'd like to win next week, you need to leave a, a question on the coolstuffinc.com page that will go up. Uh, what is today? Today is Wednesday, so it'll go up Thursday, October 11th. Uh, leave a question in the comments um, that you'd like us to answer on the cast. And if you get selected, you can win $25 of coolstuffing.com store credit. Anything else you want to talk about, Jim? Where's Doug? 
uh, we weren't. I, did, I wasn't gonna say his name, but uh, no. yeah. Just, shout out to Douglas Johnson, who used to be on this cast for not actually showing up on time. Uh, I'm wearing my brainstorm. Well, one of my poorly printed brainstorm brewery hoodies that I'm supposed to get a refund for or something that I still haven't. But uh, let's talk about a card that has become extinct from TCG player. I'll give you a hint, Jim. It's red and it's a mythic from Ixalan. Starve extinction. Yeah, that card is currently $12. Oh my god, I have a whole box of them. No one knows why, and there's there's like one copy on TCG. I own like zero copies, but someone cleaned out every copy of this card on the internet. That's kind of hilarious. I didn't know that. So the foil was already worth a little bit of money because casual, but like I sold some of these and I was like, what? Because like someone came in for their casual EDH deck and we had them at like $2 and he's like, can I get them all? And I was like, why? And he's like, because they're $12. And I'm like, oh, well, I paid 50 cents. So like have fun. But yeah, I, I have no that's idea really, why. That's this really is like, weird. This is the benefit of a live cast. If someone wants to run to their nearest LGS and see if they still have them at a dollar. Uh, but no I one knows like why. It been in the standard deck, right? Was it in the Boros Angels deck or something? I don't know. It's just no one knows why this card is gone from the internet. Star of Extinction. That's really weird. And I was like, kind of like jokingly saying Star of Extinction. I didn't really expect it to be a card that was actually good. And uh, speaking of other standard returns, we saw a 500% increase on um, the red white. Dominaria land, which is it, I, uh, what's it called? The Bloody Street. Yeah, it's like a seven dollar card now, and I think Ed or you called them when they were like a dollar. I think it was Ed. Well, the cemetery six dollars. Isolated Chapel hasn't moved. Sulfur Falls is now seven dollars again, just like good old standard. I mean, you could have really made a killing if uh, you listened to this cast. So, yep. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if there's a deck that was playing uh, that card, but I don't see it anywhere. Star of Extinction. Like, it came up here. Oh. Sideboard. I don't know. Maybe some people are playing in the sideboard. I don't know why it's $12, though. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what to tell you. All right. What else do you want to talk about this week? Gotten about half an hour in. Well, with two uh, of us, with two guests flaking this week. Yeah, that was uh, was real good of us. Mm -hmm. Did he really give up? Is Doug really like not coming now? Monty is definitely asleep, and Doug was rock climbing. He was supposed to be back by six, but it's six thirty. Maybe he broke himself. Maybe he fell. I guess that would rock, but we shouldn't have taken him for granted. You are, I like, like the words didn't even come out of your mouth yet, and I already knew what you were going to say, and now I'm so mad at you. Yeah. All right, you want to call it an early episode since there's only two of us, and we don't want to... Well, I think we could do it early, but, you know, we should probably do pick of the week before we do that. Right, so what's your pick of the week, Jim? Uh, that is a great question. Let me go find one because I definitely said pick of the week and then didn't have one because I'm smart. Uh, so 
the card that I have seen uh, the most of that I'm kind of interested in right now is Chromatic Lantern. Uh, recently, there was a deck that was using it just basically as a mana rock uh, in a three-color deck that well, it could play it up to five colors, and it was playing, like, I think it's called Guild Sentry, the X-Mana artifact guy. Why is it? Why is it? Doug is like posting on Twitter, adding me and not being on the cast. I'm gonna add him back. Get 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 on the cast, Doug. Train is going off the rails. It is going off the rails. We don't have we don't have Ed here to keep us on on task. Yeah. So that's your pick. Uh, yeah. So sorry, Chromatic Lantern uh, is my pick of the week because it's we already know the obvious like. Um, casual implications. It's extremely cheap. It's only three dollars. And uh, if this is like the go-to card for uh, the multicolor decks, which it could be because of the power level of the five and six mana spells that you can cast, like I think that this has a very high chance of becoming much more expensive than it is currently. Uh, seems like a good pick of the week. I have no good picks this week because my brain is a mush from buying cards all weekend. But, so magic is ruined forever. Yes, but if I had to go with a pick of the week, and I guess I have to, um, I'm going to go with Omniscience. The BIOS on this is criminally low, and it's a pretty easy double up in two years. I, I like how we both chose safe picks this week. Um, I mean, it's like I picked Omniscience already once. and Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Definitely it was a while ago, but I definitely think that Omniscience is uh, it, it's one of those cards that it's just like it, it's just free money. Eventually it'll be more expensive. That's the kind of card that you can buy as like a person and hold on to and not as a shop and hold on to. Like you want that's not the kind of card that you wanna um, keep in your inventory for too long. Makes sense. All right, you ready to get out of here? I guess so. All right. Well, if you were disappointed with two of our guests not coming on, you can tweet to Doug at Rose of Thorns on Twitter and be like, yo, you used to be on this cast. Why did you not come on? Exactly. Uh, but where can people find you, Jim? You can find me on Twitter at PHROST underscore. You can find me on, Ga or, wow, I almost did it too, coolstuffing.com. Uh, my articles usually go up every other week. And you can find me in the Hurricane capital of the world florida um luckily this one is missing me so i won't be uh, as sad uh my name is jeremy you can find me on twitter at missouri mtg um i may be at gp denver tomorrow i still don't know uh so if you see me there say hi and if not don't say hi um thanks to everyone who showed up to the tournament we had a blast it was a ton of fun you can find Ed at GP. Um, where is he this weekend? I just forgot the name. The it's, GP in Japan. I was say the Japanese GP. Yeah, not Nagasaki. All right. Well, anyway, I said it earlier. This cast, you should go to that GP and find him and say hi, because uh, he gets very bored at Japanese GPs because they can't buy cards there because it's a it's a law in Japan. Um, so he's just there on vacation. No, he's there. Well, yeah, sure. For him, he's on vacation. Uh, you can follow this cast on iTunes, SoundCloud, 
coolstuffinc.com, mtgcast.com. And of course, on YouTube, we had a bunch of people, including some shop owners like James Billings in Iowa uh, or Idaho, leaving uh, some fun feedback throughout the cast and like what they thought we were doing. If you didn't catch it live, you can go back and watch the chat replay. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at cartel underscore finance. And as always, we'll see you next week with a couple more people for the last cast before Jim's wedding, I think. So have a good one. And as always, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.